0: The Cups and Cakes Network presents Inside the Artist Studio. The interview you're about to hear was originally recorded March 9th, 2019. To find out more about Cups and Cakes, visit them at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. What you're about to hear may contain filthy language and adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Hello dear listener, Jeff McCallum here with another episode of Inside the Artist Studio. Jonathan Kotchuk is an Edmontonian, Calgarian slash Torontonian who makes luscious experimental arrangements that revolve heavily around nature. His debut album, North, came out on Paper Bag Records in early 2018 and was easily one of Canada's most underappreciated albums of that year. In this interview, you'll hear Kotchuk discuss the creation of North and the unique way the album was finished. We also learn about how Kotchuk's relationship with Paper Bag Records started and about his time spent as an intern for Ben Frost and Nico Muley at Greenhouse Studios. It was a wonderful chat, one that continues past the runtime of this episode on the Cups and Cakes vinyl unveil, where Kachuk helps me open his own LP, and uh, in that episode, we talk about some of the amazing secrets hidden within the packaging of North. That episode will be available at cupsandcakespod.com on April 22nd. And now, it's with great pleasure that I welcome to the show, Jonathan Thanks. Let's start by talking about your debut album, North. Um, It's an album that I find extremely fascinating. There's so many different layers and levels, not to just the the sounds on it itself, but how it was made. But I I think uh, the best way to do this, let's start with the concept. It's it's an album that's very much inspired by nature, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think pretty much everything that I do is. uh, It was sort of a way of... Exploring things that I'm interested in. I mean, that's that's kind of the job of being a composer or artist It's sort of a thinly veiled excuse For doing deep dives into whatever it is that interests you at the time and a pretty consistent thing that's been a huge part of my life has been uh, The outdoors and being outside and field recording stuff and specifically in in the north of the world. Okay, for sure now talking
0: about uh, the record it was globally created i guess is a good way to put <laughs> yeah, it yeah yeah uh so it, parts of it were written and recorded in canada norway iceland the uk israel portugal
1: is there any other ones i missed there oh man uh iceland denmark denmark too uh yeah it's it's kind of all over the place so i was curious about how
0: much the different countries influenced the different songs or that you were working
1: on while you're working on them I guess it was kind of a a poor man's version of, of doing a record in that way. For me, the, the cheapest and most affordable and most accessible thing at the time was was to try to find the right people, no matter where they are. It was very much a, a record in the the age of the of the internet. Yeah. Um so it, it stopped becoming a little bit about well, who's right in my city who could be the a cello player, but who's just the right cellist anywhere uh, which was both liberating and and kind of made it possible for somebody who's moving around and on a very thin student budget it was it was sort of a yeah this sort of MacGyvered together album from emailing people all over the world for sure I haven't met still haven't met some of the people that worked on it even though we're in contact a lot okay yeah so some of it was me in these countries I was traveling a lot at that time and yeah other, other times it was just people that I uh, had sort of this online relationship with. Oh, cool. Yeah. So cool.
0: Sure. So you, you kind of traveled around. Sometimes you had some people giving you giving you tracks for it as well, put it together, um, came up with this album you love, but then you treated it in a way like I've never heard being done before. <laughs> you played it back and re-recorded it in a forest in Norway. Is that how it works?
1: Yeah, that is what happened. And it was, it was done in the, the most scrappy way possible. I like bought speakers from, uh, the British equivalent of, of like a big box store and then like returned them after the trip. And it was, <laughs> it was very, uh, yeah, it was, it was scrappy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so important to me, you know, if music is going to invoke a space, mm-hmm. um, it, it really helps to know what space you're invoking and for me it's just not a huge part of my life is, is being in stuffy studios or um, you know quote unquote nice sounding rooms to me the the place that I find the most important is kind of out there yeah uh, and the only way to do that is to go out there and actually do it so you know in much the same way that you sort of have if, if I were to blindfold us and walk us into a gymnasium, we have, a, you know, we know immediately by the sound of our voices and how that changes that we're not in a, a bathroom or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was just about trying to place the music in that place yeah. or evoke sort of maybe subconsciously uh, the place that I've written the music about. It, and it was sort of more of a I don't know. There's there's sort of this old romantic way of Making art about nature—that's very much. You're on the other side of the looking glass, and you're, you're, you're painting these pastoral scenes. And, and to me, it was just a little bit more interactive, a little bit more hands-on, and and less, I don't know, gazing in on it as much as it was making something with the material rather than about the material. So, yeah. so cool.
0: One from the the second I I
1: picked up North and was listening to
0: it, I I wanted to know, and now I can ask the question. <laughs> how much did that actually change the sound of the record before and then after you played it back in norway like were, were you was it noticeable to you that there was a new like frequencies and resonance that that was captured in some way by
1: by doing it like that totally uh i think it's like the difference of having uh wow what an analogy i'm gonna come up with here but (laughs) it's like having eggnog without nutmeg versus with nutmeg or maybe better like you're having like doll or something without salt and with salt it's it's just such a small thing yeah that isn't a huge percentage of the meal but that changes the entire outlook of the meal i think it made a huge difference and if anything it you know it, it changed the way that I treated the record and and the way that I went about composing it yeah so it was very much it wasn't just sort of a a linear like we do this thing we record this stuff we take it outside it it was kind of more of a feedback loop so it changed how I worked on it and I think when I listen side by side I think it really does make a, a subtle but massive nutmeg-ish kind of difference. Sweet. For sure. <laughs> is it nutmeg that you put on? I think so. Okay. I'm not an eggnog guy. We but might have to edit that and it just be like, cinnamon, and <laughs> <in> after... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's nutmeg. It's <laughs> definitely okay. rum. You, you could have yeah. used the analogy with rum. Some, yeah, some <laughs> eggnog head is going to be listening to this and be like, oh man, they got it wrong. Idiots. Idiots. <laughs> So
0: you talked a little bit about composing the album. I was curious, what is your primary instrument?
1: How do you approach writing a song? Yeah, well, I think that's a super good question. About as long as I've been doing anything else, I've been studying voice. Mm-hmm. You know, voice is definitely my main instrument from, from like the trad definition of what an instrument is. But as long as I've been doing that, I've been learning how to record stuff and make stuff on the computer and going outside and field recording stuff so they're almost all three of those things are the same thing to me okay in terms of importance in terms of how they mix with each other so yeah it's it's a bonkers process and it kind of changes every time for me like part of what's inspiring is maybe finding a new sound and seeing where that goes finding a new piece of software seeing where that goes it's often different but north a big part of what was inspiring about that record was, again, sort of this um, creativity through utility kind of thing. I wanted to have some sort of string section on yes, it. I wanted yeah. to have, uh, and I just couldn't do it. And I didn't have the time and I didn't have the resources or the people. And so a lot of what sounds like strings is me with a upright piano and a fishing line covered in rosin bowing the piano no way and making a string sound and uh, so yeah it's uh it's still a MacGyver record in that way but even though it achieved this kind of string like texture it also isn't quite a regular string sound i think that's it definitely too. isn't yeah yeah so yeah finding finding ways around sort of problems was it was a big part of what north is about and and you know i I do have to say there there were times too and there was just a big fancy studio that that fell into my lap and i had that option as well so figuring out what makes sense to spend the time doing really high fidelity and 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 figuring out what doesn't need to be super high fidelity and what what makes sense to do a little bit more uh i don't know under the radar that was really important but yeah it's a mishmash it's like a really collagey record there's so many field recordings there's so many like one track Lagos the last track last track last track unless you have the record which we'll talk about Ooh. uh that song was basically me taking a stethoscope mic and recording a bunch of my friends singing from their chests and no way really material. so it's yeah <laughs> That's it's, so it's, cool. it's a funny thing to do <laughs> Cause you, you can't tell who's who or what gender they are or anything. Cause like everything that gives a voice characteristic happens above your larynx. Yeah. So when you're listening to your vocal cords resonating through your chest, like around your heartbeat, it's just this weird sort of like human-y, humany thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So yeah, it was just about finding the ingredients at the grocery store a very specific grocery store and seeing what I could cook with that.
0: Nice. So sure. cool. <laughs> I had no idea that some of the sounds on there were like
1: so interestingly made that's really oh man, cool man there's underwater stuff there, yeah. there's all kinds of weirdness for cool. sure <laughs> there should be like a director's commentary version of it <laughs> that'd be pretty fun <laughs> maybe a little bit self-indulgent though
0: um okay so the album was released early 2018 on paper bag records um which is probably one of the most revered indie labels in canada if not the most i i was very very curious about how you managed to gain a relationship
1: with paper bag yeah it well i mean it should be said that north i was done north i'm gonna guess at the year 20 uh, maybe 2014 or 2015 Oh, okay it was yeah. done forever and then it took a while to mix it and, and all this and then i had this like one second self-release and then paper bag picked it up after that so it was a long time coming for getting the thing out in the world yeah and i thought man At the time that I was going to release it myself without Paper Bag, I I played a show with Tim Hecker, who I thought was like an analogous Canadian counterpart to what I was doing at the time. Yeah, I'm like, well, if anybody knows how to deal with this kind of music, maybe it's his publicist. So I started talking to uh, Daryl Weeks, who uh, sadly just passed. Um, but he, you know, turned out to be a dear friend and changed my life for the better. And he, unbeknownst to me, kind of, uh, is more or less the in-house A&R guy for Paperback in a way. Oh. He's, he's their publicist, or he was. And, uh, you know, he's, he was a total music head. Yeah. And would sort of poke them in the ribs sometimes and say, have you, have you, I'm working with this, this artist. And I think they're kind of cool you should maybe check them out <laughs> and very luckily at the time they're looking for whatever weird niche it is that I fit yeah he's like hey this weird Edmontonian kid um and I have started working <laughs> together and you need an artist like this do you want to give it a listen and then very quickly I was releasing a record on That's the uh so cool the paper bag out there east so yeah um they're i mean if they ever listen to this they're gonna be embarrassed but they're they're also uncommonly wonderful people yeah uh as well it's i not only are they very well respected as a record label but they're also just truly in love with music and people that you want to hang out with and and friends of mine now and that's so great they're incredible i'm very lucky i'm a very lucky boy for sure (laughs) yeah Um, Okay, so you, did you grow up in Edmonton? I grew up until I was like 12 or something in Calgary. Okay. And then Edmonton. Yeah. And then I proceeded to move all over the place, like vagrant style. Um, So almost sort of like this Albertan city life. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, and then kind of all over after that, um, Iceland, Norway, Denmark, the UK, Toronto, Vancouver. Yeah kind of wherever I had to be. Okay. Well, I wanted to ask a little bit, like, I'm not sure.
0: So you were in Edmonton from like 12 to what, 18, 20, somewhere in there?
1: Yeah. Okay. N-
0: I think 19. 19? Okay. 19 cuz Edmonton always strikes me as one of the most spectacular cities for experimental music like yeah maybe Winnipeg can rival it maybe just maybe I just don't know if there's something about the prairies but I was wondering cuz you're not really infused in that scene in the city that much no. I wish I was so I how feel. did you how did you like I, I'm just so fascinated because I, I know a, a scene can breed other people and, and it can just sort of start uh, you know building off that but you just came started doing your own thing out of nowhere without really being a part of this scene yeah what what inspired you to to really focus on this style of music I
1: I think it was this like this sort of thing bubbling underneath everything um when I was in an indie band in high school, mm-hmm. we, we recorded with Nick Koza and. Shouts out, Nick Koza. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before that, his mom taught me English in, in junior high. No so way. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he, you know, we got him to do stuff like taking Whale Song and turning it into like the sampled synth and stuff. And, yeah. like kind of already weirdly field recording stuff so i think it was always there but a, a huge turning point for me is i went to school for uh, i went to school for music uh what every viewer doesn't want to hear oh, i won't college. talk about it very much but yeah i went to school for music it was awesome and i remember there was like this token class about 20th century classical music and they played this track called eight songs for a mad king and it's like what everyone's nightmare about modern classical music is it's just like this horrible nonsensical uh sort of um i don't know high high art thing that was horrible (laughs) and it was it was essentially like a king supposed to be going uh having this episode and and his voice falling apart and it was unlistenably uh harsh but it kind of blew my mind because i didn't know At the time that music could even go there. Yeah. And I thought, well, if this thing gets as weird as it wanted in that direction, which is not my direction, where can I go if I sort of just am left to my own devices? Yeah. At the same time, I'd sort of fallen upon uh, Nico Muli's, I believe it's his first record called Speaks Volumes. Okay. Also exploded my mind. So through learning and through the internet, I found that, oh, wow, I can get. I can really start exploring these weird urges musically. And and sort of like the way that North was made using the internet and talking to people, I mean there was nobody doing it. I mean, I d I didn't even know people who knew how to work synthesizers out there in Nick in the city. Yeah. Um, which probably is you know, it wasn't true. There was yeah. plenty of us, but <laughs> I just thought, wow, okay, nobody likes this weirdo stuff or anything. So my community became very online because that's where I could find enough people who I could learn a little bit you know join the nature recordists listserv on yahoo that's like a billion years old and learn a little bit about (laughs) field recording and there's enough people on the internet doing what i wanted to do that i sort of just like fashioned and i was always a sports kid right so my friends weren't doing this like i was hanging out with with people who were doing theater and people who were doing jazz and people who were doing sports and you know an, it wasn't like I had a peer group, so I just went on the internet, did my thing, and sweet, yeah, for sure,
0: definitely worked out because <laughs> I'm guessing sometime after school, you ended up actually working with Nico Muley, yeah, and I also did.
1: Ben Frost and Mr. Ben Frost and yeah. also the Philip Glass ensemble, very briefly, yeah, okay, like how did this all happen? I oh yeah, it was an act of like of adolescent hubris for sure i i mean i was just very l- lost at, in terms of where to go to learn about the stuff i needed to learn about to make the music that i wanted to make there's there's not like weirdo field recording uh school that you can go to and, and do this <laughs> right so I uh, you know i was just emailing a bunch of people uh i emailed nico and ben and Valgear and all the Bedroom community peeps and I was like uh, Hey um you guys Seem to Be at least in a direction that I, I Feel like I'm falling towards What did you do and nobody Got back to me yeah uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> Sounds about right <laughs> yeah except Actually I think Nico got back to me he was very Kind and very sweet which is amazing for how busy That man is that he Sent you know sent an email to like little, little Johnny Kotchak in Edmonton uh, So thanks Nico <laughs> Um, I won a contest there was there was some like Christmas draw for I think it was a Nico Mouly CD yeah and I entered it on the Facebook page and I won and I was talking with the studio just because they didn't know how to ship it to Canada like we haven't shipped anything <laughs> to Canada in a, in a while there's and my email came up when we were emailing about it and, and they said hey have you e- e- emailed us before I was like yeah I emailed Ben just asking him like some Advice. So like do you want me to pass it on to his like actual email? And then I got a very Hemingway esque sort of email from Ben after that, being like, You gotta go out there and and you know, take night classes in biology and meet as many people as you can and some some maybe more uh explicit advice and you know, all these kind of like grab life by the horns, young man, and 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 know what it means to be alive if, if you're to be an artist. And uh, which I mean is is great advice and at the end of it he he said you know and if you want to know something that I think could help for education we do have an internship at Greenhouse which is his studio or the studio that he was at at the time why don't you come by and so 19 uh, year old me was on a plane to Iceland which was not a direct flight at the time it was like five years after they got oranges this yeah, was not the totally. tourist Iceland we, we know now <laughs> yeah very, very unprepared, much too young. yeah uh, and and on my way to work with these guys, which was a lot of classic intern things that had a lot to do with making coffee and yeah, salad man. dressing. Yeah. Um, and then now and again, like Nico would be like, "I have this thirty minute track. I need you to arrange it for ten minutes for this record." which is way too much responsibility <laughs> for, for, for a young man. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was sort of like, it was like being a fireman. It, it was just like nothing, 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 way too much responsibility. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was a cool experience. And, and then, uh, through that, I met my friend Dan Bora, who is the, Sound engineer at the Philip Glass Ensemble. And I I have to, I feel like it's like this thing I always have to say because it it wasn't so much that I, on my own merit, did anything of value for them. Yeah. It was sort of like I was hanging out with Dan and they needed somebody to wrap cables. And I like blood suckingly (laughs) was like, I'll help if I can. And so for a night, I was like wrapping cables for the Philip Glass Ensemble and, and learning a little bit about how uh Michael Reisman does his thing and and whatever and and very much like just a helping hand but it was illuminating and very exciting definitely for for sure I bet yeah
0: um okay one last question before we jump in the rapid fire what do you got coming up for the rest of 2019
1: I am finishing my second record no way yep 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 sweet it is uh oh my god it's so much work to do <laughs> it. <laughs> like, oh my god! Uh, yeah, the second record is coming up, and uh, that thing is a beast. I'm really excited. Uh, I I am so happy with it so far. Nice. Um, which is not always a thing that happens. So. Yeah. For this record, there was a similar. There's similarities and differences from North because uh, a lot of North was a part of me that won't change for the rest of my life and some of it was so it's there's like a consistency there but more or less uh took some of the things about north and just made them grow up a bit yeah so i did the uh the outdoor thing mm-hmm. with this record in canon this time oh nice uh, yeah and it is in a an in super intense high fidelity 3d format so i had seven speakers in surround sound 15 microphones the whole thing is going to be in dolby atmos which is what you hear big superhero movies in so it's going to be in terms of trying to capture an immersive experience of a place uh, this thing is is super overkill for that there's a lot of uh kind of 3d immersion goodness happening but then as far as the music goes too I, I'm the production side of it I'm happy with for sure but the, the music side I think is what's really special. Awesome. A lot of very talented vocalists especially came through it's a very vocal heavy record so I'm cool. pumped about it.
0: Yeah. is it going to actually come out this year or is Hard there a good say. chance it might
1: be 2020? Hard to say the, the problem with doing I mean I guess I'll talk about it more as it unfolds but the problem with doing Bizarro tech stuff is that every problem that arises you're the first one that's ever had to deal with that problem <laughs> yeah. it's very slow going so uh yeah we'll see i would love if it came out soon yeah and i would love if it came out later if that's what's right uh but yeah we'll see what happens for right
0: sure. on we're very excited to hear it very <laughs> excited to hear it okay well let's jump into the rapid fire let's do um, it um
1: yeah we're just gonna jump right in what album sparked your love of music Oh my god, uh, Manu Chao, Esperanza, uh, Niko uh specifically the track Clear Music Office of Speaks Volumes, um, a bunch of metal, nice. uh, it's hard to say, my dad was always, I mean, I know this is supposed to be rabbit fire. my dad was always listening to like the latest Strokes records, so it was never, I never had dad rock in the house, it was always like, what just came out on, <laughs> on NME, so that kind of stuff. That's sure. awesome. Uh, what's your current musical obsession? deli Girls, hundred percent. Delhi? Delhi Girls, D E L I Girls. Okay. That shit is unbelievable. You just check out deli Girls. They, they just dropped yeah. a new record. It's uh, it's so so good. Cool. Yeah. Burgers or pizza? Burgers, okay. unless it's Tony's Pizza downtown. Okay. Right on. That, that's <laughs> a good asterisk. That's a good asterisk. That's <laughs> uh, a cop out. Yeah. it is. <laughs>
0: Coffee or tea? Coffee. How do you take it?
1: Black. Best movie you've seen recently? I just watched The Favourite and Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I was really into both of them.
0: Isn't uh, sorry, I'm gonna take away from the rapid Let's fire. Let's do it. I, I, I will gush
1: over the ballad of Buster Scratch forever. I loved it. I was learning all those tunes on guitar this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's <nice>. super good. <laughs> so good. Yeah, Tom Waits.
0: I oh, love it. That Tom Waits one was amazing. Yeah. And then my, my favorite one, though, was the one where um, they had to, there was like the, they're traveling across country in the wagons. Oh and man. And brother dies. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, spoiler alert. No, everybody. <laughs> well, her, her brother dies right at the start. Yeah, so that, no, that's all good. I'm gonna say.
1: <laughs> yeah, great yeah. movie. That Shouts was, out to the Coen phenomenal Brothers. Phenomenal. They have made my least favorite movie of all time, and they've made some of my favorites. They're like just, which I kind of respect. I'm kind of about that. That's awesome. What's your least favorite movie of all time? It, yeah, yeah. Tell me. It, Least favorite movie of, all, not to get all negative, but I think, uh, oh my god, I've blocked it from my memory. What's it actually called? Because uh, I call it something else. It is inside Lou Davis.
0: Oh, you! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I didn't quite get either. Yeah, it's yeah. I could,
1: I, I wouldn't put it as the worst, but I, I'm with you there. Was I've good once movie? said I hate that movie more than I love anything. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> <But>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Alcohol or marijuana? Is it too like straight edge to go neither? I'm going to go alcohol, but if I had children, I'd rather they have marijuana. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. What's the best thing to happen to you on stage? When I was in my hilarious high school band, uh, people were chanting for my brother to take his shirt off because he was the guitarist. Yeah. And uh, he's not the kind of guy that would like to do that. He's like very reserved and, and very mature. And then he did. And it was, uh, I had to like go up to him and say, I'm gonna rip it off if you don't take it off because they're gonna eat you alive. That's a good one. What's another? I don't know. No, that was a pretty highlight just from like the pure familial embarrassment of that. (laughs) Uh, What's the worst? Uh, We were playing the show at Mutech in uh, like two mutex ago in the dome so there's like six projectors and like a hundred speaker surround sound system it's like immensely technical yeah and we did this we did the sound check and everything and all these like press people and all these people that i'm scared of impressing are there and Uh, somebody there is like okay sound check's done and they go and they get a coffee and on their keys was the USB key that is the license for all the software and they took it out and everything reset and so we went up to play and it was like 10 minutes of technical like freaking out and silence after the lights went down they're like John Kojic's gonna play Um, and it was just like I'm sure the crowd didn't even notice but it was the worst 10 minutes of my life it was so scary yeah bad news what's the strangest job you've ever had uh i just got back from volunteering this one comes to mind i'm sure i've had stranger because god only knows but i was i I was just volunteering as an owl wrangler (laughs) so (laughs) i got an email from a bird sanctuary being like we need somebody to help out with classroom sessions and i was like no until I found out that the job was like holding the owl on your arm, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. So yeah, I was wrangling an owl uh, nice. a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> for sure. If you could open for any artist on the planet, who would it be? I had the pleasure of meeting John Luther Adams, who is somebody I respect immensely. And if I could somehow be on stage right before him, that would be pretty amazing. What was your favorite childhood toy? Uh, I got Ogie the dog. That's, that's, he's my ride or die. He's my day one, for sure. Who's your favorite superhero? I think growing up it was Batman. Because I I dug that he didn't have any superpowers. Yeah. I know that's always the argument, but I, I, that commands respect. Beatles or the Stones? Beatles. I, I once, Paul McCartney, like, founded one of the schools that i went to and i like got to meet him and everything no it was super way. bizarre and totally wasted on me because i don't know a lot about the beatles yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. but he was nice so shouts out beatles what's the best canadian city to play oh i haven't had a ton of experience uh i feel like i gotta say edmonton because i'm here but if i if i was being maybe <laughs> be a little honest, bit more honest be honest man, montreal it's the <laughs> best montreal sweet it's the best Give me one of your bucket list items. I kind of got a big one that I'm checking off this summer. I really want to go to Sequoia and Olympic National Park. Okay. And see the big old redwoods. Giant there. trees. Yeah, that's nice. a big thing for me. If you could hang out with one of your musical idols, would you? Yes. Who would it be? It would be John Luther Adams again. Yeah. He. I don't know. These guys are so busy. They don't have a lot of time. The world has sometimes been, sometimes they're nice, sometimes they're not. He was an angel, and I would love to hang out with him again. Oh, you've already hung out with him? He was like, yeah, it was, I was scared to. I was like, this guy's not nice. That's going to be a huge blow. Yeah. And he set aside an afternoon to hang out with somebody who was like a young composer, and he was very, very kind and actually really cared about me. He didn't know me. And I have only good things to say about him. That's amazing. I would love to hang out with him again. Yeah. That is amazing.
0: Okay, I got one last question. Yeah. If you just found out you were the very last person on earth, (laughs) what's the first thing you
1: do? I don't know if this is like very optimistic or very grim. I would go to my favorite spot in Banff and just for the first time ever feel what it's like to have it be quiet. That, that is a, actually a really good
0: answer. Yeah. I, I avoid Banff now because it's like Disneyland. It's it's a tough look.
1: Yeah. 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 I, also, on, yeah. I only
0: go there in the winter. I definitely can't. I can't stomach it in the it
1: summer. Is, I mean, honestly, it's my. It's one of my favorite places on earth. I love that city. I love the Banff Center. But yeah, like noise noise pollution is a problem in the bow. That's yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Cananaskis is tough too. Like not a lot of air traffic. It'd be nice just you're quiet maybe for the first time truly
0: i'm with you that's that's a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> well jonathan thank you so much for thank joining you. me yeah. on inside the other studio um the way we usually end it is with one of your songs so did you have one off of north
1: you wanted us to play yeah there's there's one called fast Switch that's that's uh kind of my most popular one on spotify okay but my favorite off the record is called lagosh and i don't think it gets played very much so maybe we could play that one perfect that's great sweet
0: Cups and Cakes presents Inside the Artist Studio is produced by Jeff McCallum. The featured track was played with permission from Jonathan Kodchuk. Undercurrents from Atlantis Jazz Ensemble's album Oceanic Suite is the background music throughout the entire episode. Oceanic Suite is available through Ottawa's Marlowe Records. Find out more at marloweerecords.com Inside the Artist Studio is one of many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website cupsandcakespod.com to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, CakesPod.com. Thanks for listening.